Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yardena Azband, our daf of the day, Masachet Kitubot, daf vav, page six. So this daf includes, among other things, some of the more d- disturbing material that we've seen yet, believe it or not. Um, specifically, we have here a Gemara, the Gemara is working off of the Mishnah, and it and it's a discussion that is even countered by a citation from another Mishnah from Masachet Nida. Um, you know, we've been talking about this marriage and the virgin on Shabbat, and now we're going to talk about specifically a girl, a young girl, who has not yet begun menstruation, meaning she has not yet reached puberty. And the Gemara's case is where she is right there. I've said it all, right? This is the disturbing part. We know that yeah, in not much, not non-Western parts of the world, this kind of... <laughs> We know that in non-Western parts of the world, this kind of very young marriage still takes place. Um, and whether there's actually consummation of those marriages, for the sake of the girls, I certainly hope not. Um, but um, the Gemara is going to deal with this because, well, let's see what the case is. You know, let's see the text itself and then it's not going to get any better. Uh, you know, the, for, for future, for, for, for the warning, it's not going to get any better, but it does give us a little bit more of a context as to why the Gemara would explore this possibility. So um, the discussion is about a question about um, blood pooling, right? Like the question of this potential wound, right? And to what extent, and their science here is not our science of today, to what extent there could be um, the the nature of the wound. And, and it's talking about, you know, the initial discussion is really about the virgin whose hymen is our language is broken right on on Shabbat and in the event of this thus and such a wound. The Gemara then brings an example from a different wound and then we've got this you know disturbing case. Mati Rav Chista Rav Chista brings an objection from the Mishnah in Mesachet Nidad Daf uh, it's page 64b Tinoket Shalohi Giyaz Manali Rot Viniset so she hasn't yet reached puberty and she gets married Beit Shammai Omrim Not Nila Arba Leilot so Beit Shammai's position is um, give her four nights, four nights of where she, there's no concern that she will have just done, just then begun um, puberty, right? So that the, any blood that would be seen is attributed to the ruptured hymen. And Beit Hill says, no, there's no limit to the time that you're going to see that if she sees blood, that it will be continue, that it'll be again connected to the hymen until the wound heals. Meaning the question here is somebody who has not yet menstruated. What if she would then see that menstrual blood and then shouldn't the couple separate? It's a different kind of separation than um, hymen blood, whatever. Um, so, um, the concern here, of course, is <laughs> the the phrasing of Beit Hill seems to be more generous, right? In terms of like, there's no limit to saying that. Oh, but maybe now she's gotten her period. On the other hand, I do have this concern of you know how long is this child because that is who she is, right? How long is she actually bleeding? He gives manalirot vinisait. Now, if she indeed has reached puberty, and so this is a tricky thing. She's reached the age of puberty, but she hasn't begun menstruation. He gives manali wrote, meaning so we're talking about somebody who may have other external signs of puberty or 
or simply age-wise, right? And she gets married. Um, now, Beit Shammai Omrim no Nila Laila Harishon. Beit Shammai is only willing to give her the first night because maybe the next day she's going to start menstruating. So Beit Hill says, well, if she we're talking about Wednesday because she's a virgin, so then that gives her four days till Motzei Shabbat, and any blood that would she would see during that time would be attributed to a wound and not to menstrual blood, because and she remains permitted to her husband in terms of there's no need to separate from a menstru- from a nida perspective. My love, the ilo baal mati baal afilu b'shabbat. So what happens then is. You know what the the Gemara says. What we're not, it, uh, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, isn't it the case that we're talking about um, a time where they did not yet have full fledged intercourse? Meaning, there's there's no there shouldn't yet be a ruptured hymen when we're talking about it because it's Shabbat, right? Amarava lo levar mi Shabbat. So Rava says it's talking about any other day, not Shabbat. Meaning. Don't think that this whole discussion about all this bleeding is happening on Shabbat. We understand the Gemara understands that there's potential that there's going to be this wound, there's going to be this um, bleeding that's injury blood, and that's not supposed to happen on Shabbat at all. So Abai says, except for Shabbat, except for the Beit Hill's position that says they can be together and through Motzei Shabbat includes Shabbat. So then, what do you mean it's not Shabbat? So Rava says, no, we're talking about a time where the the complete intercourse only took place before Shabbat. So then there's no concern that he's causing this wound on Shabbat itself because their intimacy has already passed that threshold before it comes to Shabbat. Um, okay, at this point, I'm going to stop. It, it's As I say, it didn't get better in terms of what's going on here except to recognize that it was a very different world. And yeah, I don't have better than that. It was a very different world. Yeah. And, you know, I, look, it gets even better. Like on Ahmed Bet, there's a whole discussion about whether or not you can make a hole and is the act of be of intercourse making a hole. I mean, it's graphic. And, you know, I'm not quite sure how to process it. I mean, part of it is, is that I think halacha is, you know, part every part of our life. Um, and on the other hand, um, halakha, you know, but so I think halakha is trying to give a framework to like, what is the actual, what are the halakhic implications of the actual sexual act? And then how does that run up against if you have that first time, uh, intercourse on traffic, it's not comfortable. I I don't know what else to say. (laughs) I mean, to me, the issue is less the, uh, listen, I'm not so the graphic details here. But the part that is most uncomfortable for me is this idea that, you know, anybody who has not yet begun menstru- menstruation is getting married, right? Yeah, and uh, and, no, no. and, and maybe we could say that the, the thing, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not the graphic piece. I actually appreciate that it's graphic and explicit. Like, it doesn't beat around the bush, which I actually think is great. But it's the framing is, is bothersome. That's what I would say. It's the framing that's bothersome. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, you know, and and here I would say, if this were presented, or we could hazard a guess that this is the extreme case, and so we must learn it to understand the external parameters, um, that would also be, you know, 
a more comfortable situation. And maybe that's really what's happening, but it still seems to me, at least based on what we know, that um, you know, they they the fact that young girls were married off, or maybe not even so young, but if they hadn't begun menstruation, then I still feel like, what are they doing? So yeah, I would imagine that married? there were Right. So I would imagine that there's some cases where it was truly for the protection of the girl, the financial stability, and maybe there was no attempt at Bia. There was no attempt for the couple to sleep together until she, you know, began menstruation. At least puberty, right? But that's not what this case is. This case is what happens if they, if they get married and carry on like a married couple, even though she's this young or or at yeah. least this um, physically mature. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, go on. Just out of this. So I, I picked the easier part of the Gemara, and this is where I just want to show that you can have sort of a parallel halacha that's framed differently if we're talking about framing. So later on in Amud Bet, says Matziv Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef uh, raises an objection, and he quotes here a Mishnah from Brachot uh, from Daftet Zayin Amud Aleph, right? Chatzam Patormi Kriyachma Laila Harishon Amutzei Shabbat Imlo Asamasa. Right, that the chatan, and we learned this when we did brachot together, and you can go back to that episode of ours. Uh, so it's brachot 16. A groom is exempt from the mitzvah of saying Kretschmann the first night of his marriage uh, to a betula, right? Until when, uh, from when, on Wednesday night until Saturday night, if he hasn't actually consummated the marriage. Um, and what's interesting is, though, and the reason why you should look at the parallel text in brachot is, it's framed differently. So first of all, they quote the, they don't quote the whole Mishnah here. The context of the Mishnah is, is it puts in uh, ha'umanim. This is the, the Mishnah in Brachot, that laborers, right? People who are working on top of a tree, right? Um, uh, or like a wall that's under construction. They actually don't, uh, uh, they, uh, they don't say Shema because you need a certain type of kavana. You need a certain type of intent. Then it gets to the halacha of the chatan. And then it tells a story of Reverend Gamliel, uh, who um, who married a woman and he did say Shema. And right. And the students basically say to him, why did you say Shema? And he said, because like I, you know, I, I'm able to do this. The Gemara in Brachos on Amud Bet frames this as a discussion about being Osek the mitzvah, Patzer Mina mitzvah, right? That if you're busy with a mitzvah, the mitzvah of getting married and consummating that marriage, right? You're Patzer from doing another mitzvah, which is saying Kriya Shema. Here it's framed differently, right? It's my lab to treat right? Here it's saying that he's preoccupied uh, with the actual sex act itself. I'm really about to trade And Abai says back to Rabbi Yosef, no, the reason why he's exempt is because in fact they didn't actually uh, you know have intercourse uh, with her yet. Um, and then Rava comes and he says, I'm really Rava, Mishim to treat the Pator. Right, is somebody exempt because of preoccupation? Right, elameata tavis finato bayam. Right, so uh, what about somebody who shipped sunk at sea? Wouldn't he also be? Because in other words, the idea is, is that he's also he's uh, he's he's preoccupied. Uh, then they have an idea here, right? Bechite mahachinami ba'amarabi abba barzabda amarab avel chayav b'cholam mitzvot hamurot. Right, that maybe somebody who's mourning uh, would would be preoccupied. But it's interesting; they don't bring up anything about osik b'mitzvah patur min hamitzvah. Right? It, it's just not even; it's not brought up at all. It's not an issue of being involved in a mitzvah. 
So I, I just think it's an important point that you can sort of have the same halakha taught, but in different masechtot, it'll be framed completely differently and they will be learning different things on it, uh, learning different things from it. Um, and so we have a great example of that here. The discussion that takes place in Brachot is completely different than the discussion that takes place with Ketubot, but it's the same one line from the Mishnah. Um, it's interesting to the degree to which context, context makes a difference, right? At, if my recollection is correct, and it may not be, the Gemara and Brachot was talking about misfoot and the doing of misfoot in general, yes, right? Yes, and that yes. potential conflict. Right. So, so like, even though it's the crux of the discussion over there, here, it's not the point. So it doesn't show up. Right. So it's not the point. But again, one halacha, and I think that's what the richness of Ketubot, right? We talked about it. it has everything in it. So, you know, context is important and we can learn different, we can learn multiple things from one statement in the Mishnah. Um, and so I think that's what we sort of learn here. So I don't know. Did I end with something nice on this difficult app? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I think that it's much more palatable. No, I think it's much more palatable because because halacha does apply to every area of our lives, and and then this is one way that it does, right? Kriyachma is not talking about prepubescent brides. I'm just saying. Yes, that's true. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.